0: Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic. The podcast. Spiritual musings. Sometimes
1: amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura.
0: Special episode of Turns Out She's Psychic because we have another wonderful special guest in the room. And if you will just um, humour me for one moment, Mary, I'm going to read out a little bit of a bio if that's okay. So, Mary Rodwell is recognised internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in the UFO and contact phenomenon areas. Formerly a nurse midwife, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, now a clinical hypnotherapist, Mary founded the Australian Close Encounter Resource Network in 1997 and is co-founder of the Dr Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation. Mary has researched more than 3,000 cases and suggests extraterrestrial encounters are a global phenomenon and this is evident in in the new humans referred to as star children. So welcome,
2: Mary, to our podcast. Welcome, Mary.
0: Oh, it's an
2: absolute pleasure, ladies. Nice to speak with you both. <laughs> Thank We're you. so
0: excited. Yeah, absolutely. So our listeners of this podcast are definitely spiritually inclined and very open to new thought patterns and I would go so far as to suggest that some have well I suppose we've all heard of aliens whether or not um, they mean much to us or not but um, I can't wait to hear more about what they mean to you and and your work in what you do.
2: Well the other words that um, the aliens prefer yes either extraterrestrial or otherworldly beings, yep. beings or star beings or the visitors. Yep. Uh, and of course some of them are only only some of them are physical. Some of them are interdimensional. Some of them are extra dimensional. Some of them are transdimensional. And some what of does them, that mean? It means that the, out of the di- dimensions completely. So they your oh, wow. intelligence. Right. Then you've got those that may even be coming from our future. So, just to complicate it all, that's to give you a broader overview of what is visiting this planet and uh, very much tied into the fact that you're both very um, intuitive. And so, you can actually see and experience some of these intelligences that for some may appear like angelic beings, but others may see just as like beings. It's all about interpretation amazing
1: that's really interesting what you just said just then about the interdimensional so um you know abraham hicks Mm. so i have my own kind of version of that and they identify themselves as rainer Mm. like r-a-n-r-a-i-n-e-r and they've identified themselves as um just intelligence they're just an intelligence source so they would fit into
2: the interdimensional that's right the the interesting thing, given the both that you are both intuitive, if one of the um, difficulties, many of those that come to me that have been, um, you know, intuitive, they've been mediums, clairvoyance, or whatever, or been in closed circles, and have said to me, their biggest issue has been that when they are in a closed group and they're seeing a light being, or or they're seeing. Uh, a grey being with black eyes, or whatever. Their problem has been discussing that in a closed group because the rest of the group have said, "Well, that's not very spiritual." Oh wow! You know I'm
1: really, I- really glad that you just made that point because one of the questions that I had was, "Can you help me understand how our listeners could maybe link or unlink yeah. um, the connection between spirituality?" and extraterrestrial um and it, I know that, that like for me everything is communicated telepathically and it's an intuitive intelligence the fact that I would have to think about whether or not it was aliens that were actually or ETs and interdimensional beings that were actually communicating as well with me kind of blows my head off my head like <laughs> my shoulders um however I have done some channeling before and spoken tongues with some Arcturian um energy I believe that's what I was told um but aside from that um I would have to agree that for that I fit into that category of what it must be like for people to struggle to differ between aliens and spirituality because they're two different
2: topics They are but they're, the the truth is that it's all one mm sense because we're operating multi-dimensionally so there's no separation actually between your perception of it other than your interpretation of it for example you know when someone sees an angelic being because that maybe that's what their belief system interprets it as someone else will see a light being and it may actually be the same intelligence it's just that they're not programmed into it from a, a belief system so they're that. um different different so a lot of the time that's caused a dilemma with the the you know the those groups within the metaphysics or spiritual groups because they can go so far sometimes, but for goodness sake, don't talk about a little grey being with big black eyes. That, <laughs> you know, that's demons and that's all the rest of it. And but that's crazy again, talk. Their their spirit guide may be a mantis being. Yeah. It may yeah. be a crystalline being. It may, you know, it may be one of these tall whites for example and that well, made their spirit guide so yeah,
1: that makes so much sense because I know like sitting in circle growing up and sitting in circle with many other psychic mediums and many other gifted individuals um that we could we could have been picking up on the same entity but have a completely different experience with that entity and so that would probably translate into what you're saying it basically comes down to the, the our human beings' level of consciousness in, yep. in terms of being able to interpret and understand what the source is, and that oneness, I've always just known the oneness to be an it. It's like it's just mm. a, it's a mm. it's a force, and so uh, aliens and ETs and interdimensionals and humans, everything would just fit within that oneness of the force. We're all just
2: fractions of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what seems to happen when people wake up? to realising that it may not be what they originally thought, is they just have to reappraise whatever their belief system is to incorporate a greater reality and to, and to realise that there are some physical beings, there are some that are non-physical. And it really is the less we try and put them into a box, the more likely we are to actually see and experience them in the way that has a true reality rather than them pretending to be a form for you just to make you feel happy to find that think,
0: definition and just cuz yeah you know, it's because it's our nature to try and define everything and, and exactly. grapple with that understanding we feel as though exactly. you know we have this innate quality to have to define things so we can understand it rather than just yeah. going okay i don't have the answers i'm just going to be open to whatever information presents itself
2: well when i wrote the new human there's a chapter called i call the god chapter and what it is is i've got Two stories in there, both ministers of religion, and the reason they've written their story in there is to say that they went from a, a Christian dogma where obviously everything was a certain way, there, there wasn't any such thing as reincarnation, etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera. and and keeping it to the standard dogma until they started having experience with the non-human intelligences, <laughs> and also so you hate it when that happens. And it was like, I've been spending my life teaching this, Mm -hmm. but my experience now doesn't fit within that dogma. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine if you're a minister, how traumatic that can be where you have to reappraise your whole belief system. But that's what happens when people wake up to their encounters. They suddenly have to realise this is real. And there are millions of people around the globe having this experience. And, and, and that it's not just them, it's often their children and their grandchildren because it's intergenerational. So it goes through family lines. Mm-hmm. So you've then got this expansion of understanding that these beings that were interpreted as gods in the past <laughs> were not gods, just higher intelligences with really good technology. So what <laughs> do you do? What do you do with that? What
0: do you do? And rather than say I was wrong, you don't. Ha- it's not necessarily wrong. It's just that we have more information now. We have a different and deeper level of understanding of, of all the potential.
2: Well, it's it's, under, it's reinterpreting what we were saw as our history. Yeah, uh, uh, you know the gods coming, and you know look at one of the interesting accounts that I put in the book was a, a young man in India who wrote to me. And he said, Mary, I know I'm a starseed. I've always known I'm a starseed. And he said, but the problem with my countrymen and my relatives and family, we've got about a hundred gods that they worship. starseed's not one of them. But the trouble is, they don't realize they're not gods, that oh. they're just extraterrestrials. <laughs> you know, how do I tell them, you know, my family, that you're worshiping extraterrestrials? <laughs> but without but being gods. crazy. Without, yes. can you imagine the conflict yep. of a Huge. Y- y- lovely young Indian adult, you know, a male adult saying to his family, well, I'm sorry, I don't believe they're gods. Yeah. Um, and true. this is the biggest issue for anyone who comes to me, who may come from a, a belief system that doesn't allow for this yeah. or the possibility for this. Yet they're visiting them at night, taking up on, um, them up on spacecraft, you know. The truth. They, you know. How do you manage that when maybe even your partner doesn't believe you or your mm-hmm. family yeah. doesn't believe you? Yeah. And yeah. then is it, well, am I crazy or is this real? If, I'm, you know, if I go to a psychiatrist or, um, or am I going to end up in hospital on medication? And many of them have mm-hmm.
0: because oh, they've actually yeah.
2: said to the, you know, their doctor. I'm, I wrote in Awakening of a, 40, uh, a young 19-year-old girl who said when she was 14, she'd actually been visited by aliens and he said there's no such thing and she ended up being medicated uh, uh, and diagnosed as schizophrenic and was on this cocktail of medications that nearly caused her to commit suicide until she finally realized that possibly this was real after a talk show an American talk show where they were actually talking (laughs) about this and that's how she came to me so that's you know my role in this is to normalize something that's been going on right since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have our DNA connected to their DNA. We are created in part by not only the Indigenous, but by these many intelligences come down and added bits of their own DNA. So that's why they're interested in us.
1: Yeah. So and I've, you know, I've seen and that. I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen people very recently talk about how Darwinism has basically been debunked and yeah. that what they're seeing now is that if you go to human DNA that you can see that it's actually been spliced and that there have yes. been other forms of DNA that have been put into our DNA and it's like an upgrade or like it's yeah. been integrated and upgraded. Do you do you think that that's happening with what's happening now on our planet? Do you think that, that, that that's kind of something that it has, like, has basically the abduction rates gone up recently because of everything that's been happening as well? <laughs> like, or did it go up just before the, the certain situation that we're all dealing with?
2: Well, it's a good question. First of all, they've been upgrading us through the centuries anyway because that's why they're interested and have been visiting us all through our history. So
0: that's
2: that's part of it. And I go into the DNA in the new human where, you know, we we are seeing this, what they call the dormant DNA being activated because we only have 5% of our DNA activated and they've never really known what the other 95% is. And that's being activated now by these beings. And they've moved to an accelerated program, as you talked about. There's a lot more going on now. And the reason for that is we've reached a technology where we can destroy ourselves. So the intelligences have been saying to those that have had encounters, you can't do this because you're not only going to destroy yourself, but you could actually, you're affecting us as well as yourselves and the dimensions. So they've almost put us on an accelerated route now, which is what I write about is the new human, the, the more advanced generations of human that are being interpreted as crystal children, golden children, indigo children, all those different metaphysical uh, labels, if you like. Um, But they've accelerated this so that we grow up a little bit faster in our evolution. And this is where I write about the ADHD and the Asperger's and the, um, the dyslexic and certain forms of autism are actually upgrades, but not understood as such. And the reason I say that is because many of them are far more multi dimensionally aware, only it's not recognized in general society that they have upgrades physically, more sensitive to hearing. Um, they can see more speed. Yeah. Well, mm. ADHD, particularly. And one lovely gentleman, Neil Gold, wrote a book, Close Encounters of the ADHD Kind, and he <laughs> translated them as always dialed into higher dimensions. I mm, love it. That is. What I've been writing about is the new ones, because as they're coming in, they're not being understood. So they're seen seen as dysfunctional when in fact they're an upgrade. They are more multi-dimensionally aware. They see beings, they see orbs of light, they see energy fields. They are many of them are telepathic. And they don't always know how to explain it to their parents, but the parents may or may not pick it up, depending on if they are intuitive or not. So
1: well- this is
2: Going on.
1: Mm. Mm. It's very, very, very interesting. And so much of what you're saying that I have lived most of it my life in in my sense of being a psychic medium for as long as I can remember and having trouble being able to communicate it and being understood and being judged and all of that kind of stuff. But then as a mother seeing um one out of the three of my children specifically, who I mentioned before we jumped on, who is all kinds of here to do all kinds of different stuff. Like that kid has always been something. Um, but also um, with the ADD and ADHD and the, the children on the spectrum with, with autism, over probably the last three years, I've had this massive influx of of parents contacting me about being able to help their children in, in that situation um, on a spiritual level because all of these children are eventually sort of giving little clues or hints almost to their parents about these certain things. And the parents don't understand them. So they, the first thing they come to, I mean, the, the psychic mediums are much more available these days There's sort of one in every shopping center at the moment. There's, there's not a Mary Rodwell alien lady in every shopping center at the moment. So most people won't go straight to the alien. They'll probably go more to the spiritual sense and then further expand their, their awareness of what might be possible. But the, the, um, the children, one thing that I've always known is that, and what I've always said to the parents, and now I'm definitely going to be expanding more on what I'm going to say, and I'm going to get that new human book and really sink my teeth into it. But one thing that I've always known from this energy source that I receive this intelligence is that all of these, you know, these new starseed children, the indigo, the the crystal children, all of those children, they are here to, um, be the builders, of basically the new the new earth and so they're the ones that are going to um be the new version of a healer the new version of the builders the new version of the procreators the new version of the teachers the new version of the guides and they're going to come with an updated level of consciousness to serve the people who have gone from the 3d to the 5d and yeah. these these children that we are birthing, the the, the children that are that people like me are birthing right now, and many others that just aren't as awake as I am, but they're here to to be the leaders, essentially yeah. of the new the new way of being. Yes,
2: exactly. And what I I I have done. To, for many that are in that crisis of trying to work out what's going on with them and why they've always felt different. uh, You know, I I put together what I call my questionnaire. And in it, it's asking certain things that you don't normally see, such as have you always felt different, um, felt that you've never belonged, that this hasn't, earth hasn't felt like home, that there's somewhere else where you want to go home where um, it seems very barbaric and very primitive here, for example. Um, aware of, again, energy fields, aware of presences, aware that you, um, and some of them can be phobias, such as a phobia of being fearful of um, clowns or Santa Claus, because the beings often create a screen for themselves, which might be a clown or Santa Claus or owls with big eyes, which are in fact beings. And so they'll say, oh, clowns terrify me and I'll say right there's your indicator there's a screen memory right there because you know it's it's unusual things but it's knowing you're always different knowing that you've come here with a mission or a purpose is another very classic one for example and you know what does um, that
1: mean for them if they if 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 d- does that mean that they're a hybrid Does that mean that they're part of that species and they've come to earth to have a human experience? Does that mean that they've got an alien awareness or an ET awareness of of existence in some other form beforehand?
2: What many of them that recognise these traits or these uh, patterns is some of them have memory of before they came here. Just like I was talking to a 10-year-old some months ago who explained to me he came from a planet where he was a blue being, and hits his first incarnation on planet Earth. And he said he's a center seed, which means he's he connects to the center of the planet, and he's here to help with the pollution on this planet. That's his mission. That's his role, for example, coming to this planet. So some of the children literally have already their mandate. They know we're here. I had an eight-year-old explain to me that he communicates with animals because he he wants people to understand that we have to treat them with respect that we have to respect their consciousness and whatever so these are very awake new humans coming in but they will say sometimes the star system they came from they'll talk about whether they came as one 10-year-old explained that he came through a portal in the sun from another dimension who is explaining wow. that so they often have Have past life memories of being another uh, intelligence and they've come in to help this planet right now as the cavalry really in a way to um, help with their awareness with their understanding to put this to rebalance and reharmonize and to help us create a new reality a new world on our planet which is a beautiful planet so they come in the indigos are often the warrior they come in with the indigo energy they're the warriors that have come in for that some have come in as empaths and healers for example you know some of these children will tell you they can communicate with plants and even with with um crystals and this kind of thing i remember a seven-year-old explaining to me that he could talk dolphin and would i like <laughs> would i like him to talk dolphin to me <laughs> i said yeah go for alive." wow you know? uh, <laughs> You know? And then he said, I can tell when people lie to me and when they tell the truth. And I said to him, so how does it feel when when you understand that? He says, well, when if they're lying to me, he says, I go all cold. And if they're telling the truth, I feel warm. So he t- it, that's how he'd learned to evaluate wow. information and what have you. These are really awake children. And the thing is, that they're often misunderstood because they're so highly sensitive, particularly if they're an empath or they're telepathic. I remember a 12-year-old explaining to me that she had difficulty in school because she said um, she she was telepathic and she said, what my teacher says and what my teacher thinks is quite different and and sometimes what she thinks isn't very nice. Um, So... Here you go. This is really asking us to lift our game because they can pick up on you, and they can assess you through their awareness, just like that. So I had the really- same thing as that You're little that girl, there you and
1: go. I tend to like growing up. I was always in trouble for finishing people's sentences because I knew what the set, where we were going with it. And I just wanted people to hurry up and get to the point. Like, why are people wasting time? We, mm. we have, we're on divine time, people like stop wasting it. We, we, yeah. we have time. Let's not fill it with you not being coherent. You, you have to get what is happening here out of here. And you have to do it really quickly because I've been waiting. And then whenever I would interrupt or say something, sometimes they would say, that's not what I was going to say. And then they would say something else. But I knew that that's what they were going to say. They just maybe not were going to actually tell the truth of what they were thinking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's been coming in for quite a a long time. There's been starseeds, more awake starseeds in their 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, When I was in Norway, I gave a talk on the star kids and I wasn't sure the reception because um, Mm. they're very closed in Scandinavia, talking even about psychic stuff. They're very closed. So I wasn't sure of the reception. And I put down all the indicators of a starseed. And this wonderful lady, very dignified, said, Mary, I'm 79 years old, and I work on a farm. And she said, everything you've said to me is me. She said, I used to call the sheep in with my mind, and nobody knew how I did it. Wow! Good you skill. you the very first person to mention all of these qualities because that in me to all me. my life.
1: Wow, that's incredible. That is the only reason why you went there, you know. Like that was you
2: were there for her. <laughs> yeah. All right, it incredible. was quite humbling because it was such a comfort to her to realise that yeah, she wasn't some be. weird something or other, that there was actually someone who understood and that there were others like her across the planet you know so when people
1: get abducted are they are they just basically being picked up by the aliens that already know them it's just that the human that's abducted doesn't really have a recollection of the fact that they're they're just being picked up by who they belong to or their species so I guess because what I'm thinking is that if we've got the DNA that appears to be spliced and you know, intertwined with extraterrestrial DNA, then obviously that would probably be that, that 95% that's awakening. And so when we see that, we can we can see that this human being right now, this starseed, this child, this indigo child, in a previous lifetime has likely had alien origin. But then what happens if I was just abducted tomorrow and I've had no recollection and I'm not a starseed child, just for example, I'm not it can do do the do the ets come and abduct random people i guess or are they abducting people that aren't random How did in they terms choose? of yeah in terms of they've already got spliced dna or are they abducting people to splice their dna that haven't been spliced yet is probably the better question
2: well first of all when i've taken someone in hypnosis um, where they've explored an experience where they've been on board craft what people don't realize that often it's a medical exam, it's a checkup Mm. or it may be a healing procedure, for example. So when you get them on the board craft and they start to ask questions, you can ask, you know, did you agree to this, you know, this experience with these beings? And most of them will say yes, before I came here. So Mm -hmm. it's a soul contract. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when they're picked up, this is all part of it, but you don't remember and so, you know, Makes it's sense. very fearful and really scary. And when I wrote awakening, the whole point was to show a process going from fear to being awake so that as you become more um, understanding of the, the process and why you might be interacting with these intelligences, the fear goes as you become more aware and more accepting that this is part of your reality and your experience. It's like but lucid dreaming. Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit like a shamanic wake-up, you know, for a shaman, they have to get past their human fears to operate multidimensionally. Well, this is kind of a modern-day um, shamanic wake-up call through their encounters with these intelligences. And mm-hmm. on board ship, there may be not, not just little greys, there may be crystalline beings, light beings, there could be mantis beings, there could be a whole range. Of beings that are, are interacting with them and oh, there at are the some one time that, yeah it's it they'll oh, work so they they'll sometimes work in concert for example the mantis are master geneticists so they're often around if there's, if there's going to be any alter extra manipulation of the egg and one a lot of the hybrids they just seem to have a little bit more of the et dna so that um there's a lovely young lady who. It's now just 20 marina and she said that she became aware she was a hybrid when she was about 15 she had that kind of wake up call and she realized that her mother had been abducted as a uh, when just at the time of conception so they could add extra et dna so she would become what we now call a hybrid which is just that little bit more et dna which we're going to see more of that because what, we, what needs to be understood is that we've been, we're all hybrids to start with, just some are, are more upgraded hybrids than others because we were created as hybrids right at the very beginning when people say, oh, well, they've come to take over the world. And say, well, we have already.
1: <laughs> you guys are a bit late on the uptake um, Like,
2: what's the problem you know, humans. We've, done that, you know? we've got so many billion population um so it's to me it's 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 again it's often a paranoia because it's something different yeah there's that theme. and we because we're different you know and we've got to start learning not to judge from a form but to actually start learning to to relate in a way that is more energetic and more truthful to that individual rather than the form we see. Because I said, you know, because when they get scared and they see a being, they say, well, I've been told they're really evil or I've been told they're really bad. And I say, well, that's their perception. Tell me what you feel when you see those beings. What's your sense of them? You know, is it more of a sense of loving or something that's less benevolent? Because that's more likely to be the truth of what the experience is rather than you being told that they're good and they're bad. I said, and it's not about what they look like because you mm. can have a being that looks really beautiful but could be really not very nice mm. and you could get some that look very confronting that could be the most beautiful, beautiful energies. Because so there's a is lot, a- isn't there, of different types? Yeah.
0: And they all have oh, their different hundreds, skill sets, specialties, hundreds. interests.
2: I've been told that. In the greys, there's a, um, one lady said that she knew of 165 species of grey within the greys. That's wow. just wow. the greys. Wow. Okay? So we've got to look cosmic here. Yes. This is this is about looking at this from a really cosmic perspective. And <laughs> Humans don't know life.
1: how to do that, Mary, especially yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Don't go there. I really want to, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> well, it's interesting
0: though because all the alien files have been recently declassified. So, you know, well, it's slow but gaining sort of
2: momentum. Oh, oh it's drip feed. Um, drip feed. Well, yeah. yeah. All they're saying is the lights in the sky. They can't yet explain. They that's know right. how well the lights in the sky are. Yeah. They've been collecting spacecraft. They've been collecting their, you know, their technology for the last 70, (laughs) 80, 90 years. We've got, you know, um, fiber optics, digital chips. Um, There's a whole range of technologies that we have that come directly from reverse engineered technology from the craft. So they fully Mm -hmm. know what they are, but, you know, they're still pretending that they don't and i've always said that the only real disclosure is going to come from the ground up from more and more people saying this is my experience and more you of know? a presence perhaps even well that's going to happen i think we're going to see more and more craft now there's yeah there are, people have got you know iphones all the time people are taking images be of more validated. not about belief when people say oh well you believe in them it's not about belief. It's about people having an experience where they're forced <laughs> to believe it. Yeah, because we have no choice. It, exactly. Well, unless it's, it's just, happened
0: to you and you've had that experience, it's, one, it's yeah. different for someone to say, I've had that experience, it's real for me, and someone else will say, I believe it when I see it. It hasn't happened to me, so I don't believe it.
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest issue for me is that we still have a psychology, um, a conventional psychology which says that this isn't real just yeah. like they'll say clairvoyance clairaudience is all airy fairy entertainment
1: purposes only <laughs> yes.
2: and until we admit consciousness is what we're looking at here mm-hmm. and this is all about consciousness and we are multi-dimensional beings that only inhabit this this um little suit here that you know our biological suit our to meat actually suit, operate we call it. <laughs> well, I don't like that term particularly because it's <laughs> just a bit of meat. We're, it's an <laughs> well, our bodies. It's true. Good perfect. point. Yeah. You know, it's it's our it's our little spaceship on this planet, isn't it? You know, it keeps us, allows us to operate in a third D reality. Oh, which, well, yeah, yeah, without it, we, we are just consciousness. Yeah. Well, that's right. But, you know, what people don't realise too on the surveys that we did with the Dr. Edgar Mitchell pre-foundation this is 4,200 people what we found out was 75 percent of encounters are out of body so you go off with your spirit your consciousness your essence on board craft so I it's not that. all physical it's not all physical so you know until we honor the fact that we are multi-dimensional and we're not just physical which in in psychology at the moment, if you have any experience out of your five senses, it isn't real. What a load okay. of rubbish that is. You can't measure it. What, well, it's, it's, it's because we've had this old mechanistic way of looking at our bodies without actually honoring the fact. Now, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, remote viewing, all these different experiences people are having are indicating and showing we're multi-dimensional. So, you know, and we're going around with one eye closed if we think that this is our reality when we are forever intuiting things, you know, our intuition, our sensing, our knowing, our feeling, um, sensing presences, all of that is valid multidimensional experience. You I know that. I think that's right. I know yeah. That.
0: We have such a good response from our listeners for our podcast. So many of them say, I've never had the opportunity to talk about any of, these subjects like you know intuition I've always had these experiences and no mm-hmm. one to talk with them about so it's so nice that they've found our podcast to listen to other people yeah. normalize it and
1: that's it, it. That, that's, that's relative too so though. sorry i just i, I never mean to inter, um, interrupt with this over you but my computer's freezing so apologies to our listeners as well if it seems like i'm constantly talking over but it's <laughs> free, it's freezing a little bit um but, yeah, and but, I mean, that's all relative too because for people like you and I who have this very, very, very open um, mind where it's, it's just this next level of awareness and we get it, we very confidently talk about it and understand our own little expertise in each kind of area, I find it's even more difficult to sit in that now. I almost feel like I was back when I was 16, 17 and felt isolated because at this point most of the world, most of the planet is talking about the wrong stuff at high level and if they were to switch and talk about this stuff at the high level most of this stuff wouldn't be happening it wouldn't it we wouldn't be in suffering and you said something on the get-go where um how the ets are coming because they've they're trying to let us know that we've worked out that we're hurting ourselves and they're trying mm. to uh intercept i guess so d- have you had any awareness of that being what they're doing now as well? Or do you, like with everything going to ramp up, seeing more aircraft and everything, do you think that they're, they're kind of coming in to save out, save us from ourselves in a sense and, and, and that might be a, an indicator?
2: I put it this way, that all these new generations of humans that have been coming in in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years are the cavalry. Ground up. They've come in from all places all over the cosmos with different skills because it's about us doing the work. Mm -hmm. You know, they say we're the ones we're waiting for. It's up to us. We've got the skills. We've got the awareness. We've got the knowing. We're having these wonderful new souls coming in that are so tuned in to what's going on and what needs to happen. Many of them have self-healing abilities, for example. They're communicating with everything. They can see truth. They know when they're being lied to. This is what is on the planet now. And and what are they trying to do? They're trying to shut them down. Um, They've tried Ritalin and all these kinds of things. And now what we're going to get is a a certain product to shut them Mm. down. Because they're the ones that will make the difference along with us as we support them. So the whole plan is to see. let's target the kids. And that's my biggest concern. Is the targeting of these new souls that have these souls that have come in, and they really are the cavalry. They're the ones that know exactly what to do to help put this right. The whole planet on every level, um, and that's why people have to wake up and see what's going on because that's been the mandate is to keep us back, in, put us back in the box. Well, they're going to have a job because these this is how they've done it. They're not interfering so much from another that level. They're in. Their interference, if you like, is with soul agreement for those to be embodied into human form. And some of them are coming in as walk-ins. Some of them are, you know, for those that may or may not know what walk-ins or soul swap is, for example. Go on, Um, please explain. Mm -hmm. um, Well, walk-ins are when you have a perfectly good body and one soul has achieved its objective, will allow allow another soul to come in and use the body. And it may happen after a near-death experience. It may happen oh. after um, a very um, bad car accident or some accident or whatever. And the reason they become aware of being a walk-in is that although they have the memories of the previous soul, they actually um, don't have the emotion of it because it's not them. It wasn't mm-hmm. their experience. And that some people will say, you know, they're completely different. Holy whole new tangent their life takes. Oh, completely different. And then mm. there's quite, there's more walk-ins than you realise. There's actually a wonderful lady, Sheila Sheppey, that is a walk-in herself and she's got a whole, um, pot, you know, a, a whole group of walk-ins and she's written about walk-ins and whatever. So that's another way some of these souls are coming in from other dimensions, other places. And one of the walk-ins I know is a wonderful lady who... um explained to me that she was aware of being a walk-in after multiple near-death experiences. And I said, so where did you come from? And this is going to challenge your, <laughs> challenge your <laughs> listeners a little bit. She said, I'm from the thir- 13th dimension and we're just intelligence. We don't have to have a body. Yeah. We don't have to eat or that. We've cu- I've come in to help with what's going on on the planet right now to help educate and teach you because at least you have a form you can interact with whereas you couldn't if I was just pure intelligence just that's like where, a
1: collective that's where Raina tells me they're from the 13th okay um okay. and when I work um like when I do large-scale events um or when I'm channeling I I don't have any awareness of needing to eat, needing to drink, needing to go to the bathroom. I have Mm. no function. It's like my body is just a a, a vessel, like a a conduit, but it doesn't need anything. Mm. Um, So I have to make sure that I'm prepped to be able to hold that in Mm. order for it to do it. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting and I, I get that 13th but um, again that kind of puts me into a place where I feel like it's a bit of a minority right now because I don't think many people are talking about it. I think many people have the experience but not many people talk about it or know the language to articulate it and discover it mm, um, true. it's isolating to be in that space
2: well more and more it's like admitting you're a hybrid that's still you know <laughs> one saying that you're hybrid. I bet experiences and you're a star seed that's become quite common now but it's there being uh, articulating that you know you're a hybrid and that you're a, a, a hybrid from a particular star system or whatever um can be very very isolating and lonely mm. and of course the walk-ins are another one because they're saying something that a lot of people would have difficulty with is understanding that the soul can do this that it, it does it isn't trapped in the physical body and it can make choices to stay or to go or whatever. Um, and I'm going to rattle the cage just a little bit more. Good. Um, oh, we like this. <laughs> <laughs> when an eight-year-old explained to me that when he goes up on the spacecraft, he said his family are the mantis beings. In other words, they're his ancestors. And when he dies, he's going back to being a mantis. And he explained that when he goes on board spacecraft, sometimes he evaporates into a mantis form for a time and then comes back again into his human body. So his soul literally moves into their form for certain things on board craft and then comes back into his human body. So, again, our understanding of soul is we've got to really start opening up to the possibilities of what soul it's, you know our essence can do,
1: mm. yeah. And
2: the properties of yeah. So, so this is just to put some bigger context into what we are and what yep. we're capable of. Perfect.
1: Mm, I like it. I, I nothing has made more sense to me for quite a while. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, do you think that? Um, do you think that? Um, humans or the, the way that we see humans in terms of the ones that um are the, the lower consciousness level do you think that ets and and all of the other beings that are out there do you think that they see us as um as a, a species
2: that is quite dangerous for them oh certainly because you know i uh, use the analogy that, why they've gone on this rapid acceleration of human consciousness and the new, um, the new humans coming in, the new generations of human. It's, it's almost like you're giving a three-year-old a loaded gun and the three-year-old doesn't understand what damage it can do. And they're mm. having to upgrade our consciousness really fast so that we're mature enough. To use the because, gun. Well, to understand the potential mm. of what that can do, because they want us ultimately to to be part of the galactic community. When we reach a certain level of consciousness and awareness, that will be what we're operating amongst and communicating with. We're all being prepared for that. They do this across planets and universes. An eight-year-old explained to me that um, when she'd had a really exciting time a few nights before, on board um, a craft. They'd taken her to a planet to show her how to levitate, how to use her third eye. And then she said they showed me genetic engineering, Mary, where they were creating different species. She's eight. They seed other planets in other places, other universes and what have you. So, you know, this is what's Mm -hmm. going on. I mean, again, the reason I of being so careful to write stories from the children particularly, is because it's so astounding from them and also because they haven't yet been programmed out of their awareness and their understanding. So they have a clarity and an integrity that can often be brainwashed out of you or programmed out of you as you get older. We see that with mediumship too. Yeah. It's like this is okay. Even with... The spiritual realm and opening up, there there seems to be rules created and what you can do within your mediumship or clairvoyance and and stuff that you can't do. And I I find that incredible that you can even have containers around your multidimensional operation because we're all different in how we operate multidimensionally.
1: Yeah, I find it crazy how sometimes when I not crazy, but I find it really strange because when I hear other people who do what I do in a in a public space, they talk often about how they do this, they do their prep and then they 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 have to do these certain these certain things and then they have to recover and it's this big ordeal. Like, I am never coming from a place of ego because it's just not me, but I can literally just turn it on and turn it off and turn it on and turn it off and turn it on and turn it off. And there is no real big hoorah. Like, I mean, I've learned how to get much better at it and to be able to interpret it clearer and become like an expert at the language, so to speak, through being able to look after my nutrition and all those kinds of things. But I didn't, I didn't have to do that. I can still do what I do. Probably I wouldn't do it professionally because I'm getting paid to do it. So I want to make sure it's happening and really good. But if I'm just doing it for myself, it's it's just there. I don't have to do anything.
2: It is just there and I just allow it.
1: Mm.
2: So yeah, yeah. and I get that because when I work with people, I'm saying ultimately that's the way it, it is in harmony with your 3D self. Your 3D is your is is your grounding which keeps you in planet Earth, and you work multidimensionally in harmony with your, your 3D self, it should be just like that, mm-hmm. that it works just like that. There shouldn't necessarily be any protocol because ultimately that's who we are. That's what we were born with. We're just being reminded of how easy it is. You know, I mean, you don't get taught how to breathe. You breathe. <laughs> that's it. It's exactly, it's, it's exactly, you know, our It's unconscious. Our it's exactly that. But, you know, because we've been so programmed not to trust any of that, mm. there's a relearning of how to trust that and have confidence in it again and and recognize its integrity and its validity needs. You need to be reminded again that this is yes, this is how it works. You know, mm. um, but I'm I'm I always say, you know, everyone is different in how they operate in that way. And whatever works for you is what works for you. It doesn't have to be what works for Fred over there and no Jenny over there because exactly. everyone is different, you know. So absolutely I get I get what you're saying and, and it's really important what you're doing because what you're both doing is normalizing something that is normal. Yep. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's it. And I, I, I just I feel so blessed that I'm at a time where there are more people now that will listen to things like this and be mm-hmm. open to exploring and that are curious. I love the curiosity. However, I just, I, I I am waiting for the balance to tip. I'm waiting for that tipping point where it becomes the momentum effect. And I'm really hoping that that happens soon because I don't know about you, but it's like, I can feel the pressure and it's just like, it's just a really big master lesson on patience right now. <laughs> um, I would find if I, because coming from an, if I was an, an ET looking at Earth and looking at human species, I would see us as a very hostile takeover. And what makes me think that they don't want to hurt us, like in terms of whenever there's that argument of them being hostile or us being hostile, if, I mean, Earth has pretty much, humankind has pretty much put out the signs to say that we will be hostile towards you if you do do something to us and they're not doing and they could beat us they could obliterate us if they wanted to and they will if they need to for the future benefit of the of the cosmos but they're not they're trying to help us they're trying to help us despite majority of us not having reached that momentum yet and they're just being patient with us like we are being patient yeah. with the rest of humans is that do you see it the same kind
2: of way Well, one of the the big questions is asked, you know, are they out to get us? You know, because that's what the I believe the governments are going to try and make out that, that there's us and them and we've got to protect ourselves and what have you. They have always been whenever they've been attacked. And I will say this. People say, you know, why don't they land on the White House lawn? And my answer to that is because they'll be shot at if they did correct oh so that's why they don't land <laughs> um,
1: yeah it's a no-brainer like yeah, they're not really yes, asked that
2: question <laughs> that's exactly right and the, and the second thing is if they were hostile to us um they've had all through history to take us out at any time they could have done it they have the technology at any point in that time they could have taken us out they haven't done that now why is that and the second thing is what people don't realize is when we did these surveys, and I knew it anyway from my own research, is that what happens after contact when you get past the fear and start to wake up to your multidimensional selves and these beings is what they have noticed in themselves. 85% of those surveyed noticed a psycho-spiritual transformation. Now, why would you bother to upgrade spiritually those that you're um, having encounters with, why would you bother to do that if ultimately we're going to be biological fodder? It doesn't, it's like us upgrading the consciousness of every animal on the planet to be equal to us because because in the end we're just gonna terminate them. I mean, it makes absolute little sense and what people don't realize that 50% of those that get taken on board craft have been healed by these beings. Everything from cancer to, you know, mild illnesses and what have you. And they protected them from mortal injuries and all sorts of things. Why? Because we're important to them. Because we're their progeny. This is this is the bottom line. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's logical, isn't it? If they're upgrading our consciousness, why, you know, why would you do that if it ultimately you're going to take that, those, you know, that... that just because... That,
1: Because they've got a wicked sense of humour and they're just doing it
2: for entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Waste of energy, isn't it? it. It's an absolute nonsense. It's a nonsense. But Mm. they might try this false flag thing where they try and say they're all bad and what have you, and that is a big worry is they might try and do a false flag where, Mm. you know, and, and we've just got to really tune in to the truth of what's going on, like we have to tune into the truth of what's going on on the planet right now because there are a lot of people very, very confused about the truth of what's happening right now. And this is where we're really being challenged to listen to this.
1: Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of those people that appear to be the angels, that appear to be the saviours, that appear to be the ones with the answers. And, you know, I look at um, even just the state of Mother Earth as a planet um, and the people who are working with, you know, the global warming and all of that kind of stuff. Even the people with some of the answers are the people that we should not be listening to. Um I have a question for you because I have listened to you speak about an event that happened in December in Uluru. And I was wondering if you'd be able to talk a little bit about that in terms of do you think that it's worked? What what was your what's your kind of um, perspective on that whole situation?
2: I wasn't there, although Mm -hmm. I did hear um, a a lot of reports from my friends and colleagues which were there. I believe yes. And the reason I say that is even though we're in a crisis, um, I believe that the crisis was really important because what's happened, the positive of that, is it's given people time to work out what's going on. Because when you're not on the treadmill... And you're faced with a whole new reality and you're working it out. You've got time to th- think about what's important, what matters in your life. You know, it completely changes your perspective. And we've needed that to happen because, you know, we're all so busy on this treadmill on this planet that we don't have time to think about what ultimately what matters. And it's, it's these kind of events that force people with their back against the wall. And let's face it, their back's against the wall now, a lot of people. They're having to make major choices, but often it's the only way we start to wake up. So the dark and the light. That, that's right. It's a huge wake-up time, and I and I will say this: I've never been so busy because of people <laughs> literally waking up. It's incredible, you know. I mean, I'm run off my feet a lot of the time, and I'm thinking, you know, hold on a minute, you know, this is. But it's positive because it's it, what it's saying. It's, it is because we came here for this. When people say yeah, we chose me, it. you know, we chose it. We chose this and we chose it because we could make a difference. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would we have bothered to incarnate? I certainly uh, would have said, goosebumps. you know, uh, you know I, I've often made a joke about the fact that if they said before I came here, right, Mary, you're going to go down to this planet <laughs> and you're really going to work hard, you know you're going to work your butt off, but sorry, it's not quite going to work out the way you want it to. Do you know what I'd be saying to them? I'll give that incarnation away, thanks. I'll go to the next one because <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested in that. Thanks very much. I want to know it works. If it doesn't work, well, I'll find some other other planet to land on. Thanks very much. So um, that's why it's going to work.
1: <laughs> oh. I have the exact same conviction. It's it's weird. And, like, I know that you and I are not the only ones that know of each other that have that same conviction. It's a knowing. It's a knowing. Mm. Two years oh, ago yeah. I started to write my book, which got released in November last year. And, um, like, so no COVID yet. None of this was happening. Okay. And when I wrote my book, there were so many things that I was receiving that was wisdom that was not mine, like that it was being brought through. And I was definitely a person to share it, like a messenger. And I, I wrote the forward of the book, um, or the beginning of the book um, in February. Mm -hmm. and we had just been shut down. I was in Melbourne doing a book tour and we had to quickly get home before everything shut down. And Mm -hmm. I wrote the last bit just before it went to publish. Mm -hmm. And I wrote in it saying that when I started to write this book, I felt that it would be misunderstood and that the gap was just too big. But I've been told that something's going to happen that is going to close the gap. There's going to be a quickening. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was, but mm. I've been sitting here since February 2020 going, it's a
2: quicker thing.
1: And I'm not scared and I'm not afraid. And I haven't lost anything. I have nothing has happened to me apart from really amazing, beautiful things. Yeah. And you know, just more expansion. And it's it's really interesting how those who are choosing to sit in that suffering and yeah. those who are choosing in the darkness they're choosing to do it because it's just their perception
2: yeah.
1: it's just a perception shift and then you can sit into the light mm. and I feel like that's the tipping point that we're waiting for so having someone like you onto this platform and having people like me onto other people's platforms and we're sharing this and there is this conviction and it's a resolve that we have that it's like no, we just know. I know this as much as I know that, the, that well, I'm not going to say that the sky is blue because people are probably going to argue that it's not. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I know it enough that you and I are having this conversation. It, it, it's a knowingness that some people have, and children have it. My Well, all three of my kids, but the, the middle one again, um, we sat down with them and we explained to them about the vaccination, and we said to them, you know it might mean that if you don't you may not be able to play certain sports it may it might exclude you from certain things but we we want to talk about this as a family and they both have friends who have done it just just not even thought about it and gone and done it in fact i reckon maybe 90% of the people in the area that i live in probably have and that's fine but the eldest one was a little bit like, yeah, I, I just don't even think about it. Like I, I'm not scared of it and I'm not thinking about it, so I don't think I should. Like I'm not thinking about the pandemic. I'm not thinking about the vax, so I don't think I should. Yeah. And I'm like, great, that's a great place to be because you're neutral, which means that you're not you're not in fear. It's, yeah. it's great. For a 15-year-old boy, it's yeah. exactly where I want him. But then yeah. the 13-year-old turned around and said, Nah, it's not for me. And I said, why isn't it for you? And he goes, I just know it's not for me. and he didn't need to explain it and to other parents they might have questioned that and quizzed that and wanted to know but nothing stands more to me than no I know it's just not for me
2: yeah
1: yeah Uh, and if we can foster that in in people as they decide um as they decide anything correct I think if you just decide that it your like whether you're in a neutral stance on it or whether you're Just like, no, it's not for me, but there's, it's not because you're afraid of it. You just know, like, I'm not afraid of it. I just know it's not for me. And like, I have a nothingness attached to it. Yeah. And so if you can, I believe that if, and what I've been told is that if you can go and have it, and if you have in the past, especially because they weren't doing children then, but if you were doing it in the past and your resolve was crystal clear on a neutrality and you just did it without even thinking about it, then you're okay mm-hmm. because you're not living in, in suffering and you never lived in suffer around it. There's a, that herd mentality, but, I mean, you're not going to go to the 5th D, but you're, you're, you're going to stay here, but you're not suffering and that's okay. I had it, I felt
0: fine about it.
1: That's it. And you're not suffering. No you're not suffering. And so that is the essence of it. It's whether we choose to suffer in the darkness or sit in the light and you got it. You're not suffering and you never did suffer about it. Maybe mildly, but that's pretty standard. a
0: thought process about anything, especially when it's a new thing. But you know, I have a day job that's very important to me that I've got a lot of work to do at. And in order to keep doing that, that's what I needed to do. So it was just another thing that I had to do to do that work.
1: Yeah. And I see that things I've got to do. Yeah, I see yes. that as a purpose as a healer. So Laura is mm. a healer and so in order to fulfill her purpose here in her contract to continue on into mm. how to live it, it's part of the necessity for her to do that and she has no nothing about it apart from a neutrality that this is just what I must sacrifice or this is what I must do in order to move forward. It's another thing. There's so many yeah. things you've got to do to work there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And and that's just that's just how it rolls unfortunately. So have you ever been told to shush? Have you ever been silenced? Has anyone ever tried to silence you? I've been asked
2: that a number of times, you know, whether there's been the black helicopters and the you know, <laughs> fans outside or the men in black. Men in black, you know, yep. I'm obviously not very important because I've never bought <laughs> And I'm quite hurt, really. Because, oh, you that's know, sad. At, least do, at least have one or Please two. Please
1: legitimise me.
2: on. The odd black helicopter would be nice, you know, just so I could take a picture and say, there you are. Um, (laughs) And um, I suspect the truth is that I'm not a whistleblower as such. I haven't got deep, dark secrets that I can put out to people because I've been in these special programs or all the rest of it. I'm probably just an irritant, if nothing else, because I tell, I, I share... Um, I, I encourage people to speak their truth and that's probably the irritant is that because I believe the more people that open up and tell the truth about their experiences and their understanding, for me, this is now a time we all have to, you know, to say the elephant's got no clothes, sorry, the emperor's got no clothes it's time to say that now it's time to say our truth because that's why we've incarnated so for me that's the most important thing of all of this whether that's just an irritant it must be because they haven't bothered with the helicopters so I'm I'm coping with the disappointment at the moment
1: (laughs) just only just you need to put a sign on your roof please legitimize me (laughs)
2: on google earth somebody sent me some a few years ago now when my house was a different color that right above was a little boomerang shaped craft above and this was on google whoa google earth yeah wow that was fun that's very cool (laughs) yeah so they they keep an eye on me those lot up there yep not the black well, helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> Who I needs a black helicopter I, when you've I got that the PR agent on the planet? You know, yeah. time <laughs> they came. And, Absolutely, uh, that's what I feel. Anyway,
1: love it. So, if any of our listeners have had an experience of the ET encounter, what do you recommend that they do in order to feel that they're apart from listening to this episode? Hopefully, it gives them some some kind of. Some sort of internal validation, and maybe gives them a, a motivation. But after this, I would imagine that anyone that has had an experience would be quite motivated to find out more. What could you recommend that they do or 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 go no. to?
2: Well, the main thing is, you know, validation. And so, if they ever want to find out more about whether what what connects this the dots for them. I have a questionnaire that I can send them, for example. And then they can work out what else they need to know, because there's so many links to presentations from people having experiences and whatever. My books can be got from the library if they don't want to buy them, The Awakening and The New Human. They are complementary. They're very different. One is the process, the awakening process. The other one is what happens if it's your kids or your teenagers, or how do you move into a greater paradigm? All of that's been put there really to help people move forward in their process and I do lots of interviews like this with like yourself so it's really a matter of where are they at with it how are they dealing with it how do they bring it into uh, an understanding that gives them a better idea of what's what's important to them that's that's the main job really is giving people enough information so they can connect the dots perfect what about parents
1: with children same
2: Absolutely. I'm very fortunate that I've had both um, psychologists and educators contact me from all over the globe that have seen these kids and asking me, you know, in terms of what where I'm at and how I, I can help. Because even the psychologists say the parents are not aware. Um, I have to be careful what I say. But I I know these are these new kids because they're usually star seeds themselves. I've even had midwives saying that they're birthing star seeds that they they know they're bringing in the star seeds and whatever. So there's there's a, a, a load of professionals from all walks of uh, of life that are out there aware of this and are supporting these new generations of human and whatever. So I can always give links to people who want to talk to other professionals. Um, and and that's re, the resource side is you know the networking that I can provide so you don't we, feel alone or the parents can talk to each other.
1: We um, so that same thirteen year old that I've been talking about um, at one stage he was seeing a child psychiatrist um, and a team of people and he was nine and this one lady I walked in and I've never seen her before in my life but she her energy just felt so familiar. And we sat down and there was about, I think there was, there was five. So there was five of them and Luca and I, and they asked a few questions. And one of the questions that this woman who was the psychiatrist in the room asked my son was, do you hear voices speaking to you? And he said, yeah, of course I do like that and I was just sitting there thinking oh shit I'm thinking oh no like we got this far and now we've just that's it nail in the coffin and it was I'm not joking to you it was like everyone else in the room had earmuffs put on or some kind of still and she looked at me and she just said I trust you're taking care of that and I just nodded and her eyes kind of smiled at me, and then she started just looking back at Luca and just kept talking, and then everyone else just kept going. Wonderful. It was incredible.
2: Yeah. So it was just just the right individual. I mean, I've got a, a database of medical doctors and professors that are all having experiences, one of them healing with crystals, and <laughs> these are all MDs. Um, so, you know, th- just to let your audience know, your listeners know, There are professionals right across the board that are having experiences. Nurses, doctors, social workers, um, literally every profession you can think of. Celebrities having experiences. So just know that you're not alone.
1: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I'm I'm very blessed to have heard of many, many, many people come to me with yeah. certain experiences, especially children, but also adults as well. And yeah, that, that there's more of us and more of you, dear listeners, than than you're letting yourself be open to. And if all you've got to do is just type in the questions and start connecting and, and you'll feel that you've got a, a somewhat of a family or somewhere of a place where you can feel understood and heard and and yeah find out some answers too because I, I must—I know what it must feel like to sort of have um, like an identity crisis or some mm-hmm. kind of identity shift and, and not really know how to move into that after such an encounter. Where to go, who to speak to, that type
0: of thing. Yeah. That's
1: right, yeah.
0: Yeah, so well, thank you everybody for listening and thank you so much, Mary, for your generous time. We know time is of the essence here and you've been here with us for ages is there anything else that you want to oh, ask
2: Tracy a yeah a pleasure with both of you and thank you for inviting me
1: uh I, I would have you back for a whole series like I said to you before we started recording <laughs> I have got so many things I want to cover but I'm going to try and get us to keep it in one one concise hour and we did it we achieved it the divine you did really well Tracy I'm super <laughs> impressed how you bring <laughs> yourself in <laughs> Oh, so excited. And now I feel like it's just brought out more questions and I feel like you and I, Mary, are going to have to have a really good chat. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mary. And um, Laura will put all of your details in the show notes as well for people to contact you. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Thanks, ladies. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much.
1: Bye. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail psychic at gmail.com follow us on instagram at turns out underscore psychic and over on facebook at